I met my wife, Laura, through a setup from a matchmaker in my church. I was serving uh, in the town of Random in North Carolina. It was my second appointment serving God in a church. Uh, Randleman, my uh, claim to fame, I guess, would be Richard Petty, the race car driver, lived in a neighboring Level Cross, kind of a suburb of Randleman. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there was a lady in my church who was a teacher, and she taught with Laura, and she said, Pastor Kyle, I have someone that I think you really need to meet. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was coming out of a bad relationship that had ended not well at all, and I'd pretty much given up on romantic love for a while, I'm like, you know, I, I'm, thanks, but no thanks. She's like, no, really. I know her, and I know you, and I think you just really hit it off. What do you have to lose? You just got to meet her, right? She's a pastor's daughter. She plays the piano at her dad's church. You probably know her dad, which I did. We were in like a local minister's group together, although he never mentioned her to me. Very interesting. Uh, and so my church member said to me, right? Just give it a chance. I said, okay, if you'll stop bugging me, I'll give it a chance, right? And what do I have to lose? Uh, so what, it, you know, what's the next step? Are you going to give me your phone number? She's like, no. I talked to her about it, and she wants to come and hear you preach first. <laughs> the weirdest first date ever in history, right? Weirdest first date ever. I'm like, okay, this is a big deal, because she played the piano for her dad's church. She was going to be missing, right, from that church. So, so you're like, okay, whatever. I'm not putting a lot into this. If, if something happens, great. If not, you know what? I'm just going to do my thing. And so went to church that morning. You know, I was a little excited, a little skeptical, not sure what to, you know, think. But we started worship, and, you know, I know pretty much everybody in the church. And when we started, no new person. And so I'm like, ah, she didn't even show up. And so we're going through the first hymn, and uh, I was standing in the front, you know, singing, not leading singing, thank goodness, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, and in comes Laura. And I about fell out of my pew, right? Just, whoa, like this beautiful woman walks in, and I'm like, okay, thank you for, for doing that. And so uh, some way, somehow, my sermon that day, by the grace of God, passed the test. Uh, I got to meet Laura afterwards, and we exchanged phone numbers. Uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. And I found out not only was she beautiful on the outside, but she was beautiful on the inside and truly was the one that God had in store for me to, to marry and to spend our lives together. Here's a picture of us right after we got engaged uh, way back in there. That's almost 20 years ago. Uh, what surprises me is how she hasn't changed at all, and I've changed a lot <laughs> in appearance, right? How is that, right? That's one of God's ultimate mysteries. But anyway, I say this today just to ask you, who do you love in life? Who are the people in your life that you love the most? Maybe it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, a spouse, a significant other. Maybe it's a mother or a father. Maybe it's your child or your grandchildren, your best friend, who do you love and what stories would you tell about that person and, and your relationship with them? What are the, the funny stories and the, and the, the, the heartbreaking stories, the, the long-term relationship stories? What are the stories of the people that you love and hold so dear in your life? Who are those people that you love? And... Where does God fit on that list of people that you love in your life? 
So excited to be in this new sermon series, Now What? As we think about what does God have in store for us now that we're here in this new campus that we've been working for over eight years to, to be able to, to get to this point, to relaunch our church. Uh, none of us knew that a pandemic was going to be here and sort of go away and then not go away and still be with us. And so we're wrestling with the challenges of how to live life in America and launching a, a church again is, is a hard thing to do in the middle of the pandemic. So what is it that God's calling us to do? And so the leaders of our church, the staff and our leadership team are prayerfully meeting together. We have been for about six weeks now, and we're trying to figure out what's fresh vision from God. And I introduced that last week. If you were not able to see that, I invite you to go to our website and check that out. We kind of walk you through the process, and we'd love to have you be a part of that process. And today we're going to talk a bit about our mission as a church. What is our purpose? Why are we here? Why do we exist as Christians? Why do we exist as individuals? Why do we exist as South Park Church? What is our purpose? What is our mission? We talked some about that last week in which we are called to make disciples of all nations, of all people. The last thing that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven was to go and make disciples of Jesus. Right, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I will be with you as you do this. So part of our purpose, our mission, is to make disciples of Jesus. We're going to look at more of that mission today. We're going to pick up the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. And Jesus has entered into Jerusalem for the very last time. He knows he's going there to die. And so he's ministering, he's teaching, and, and he's, he's talking to people. And in the midst of this, he's facing opposition. Some of the religious leaders don't like Jesus. They feel threatened by him. They, they think that their power and their authority are threatened by Jesus. And so they're debating him, and they're attacking him, and they're doing all sorts of things. And he's just had a debate with a group of religious leaders called the Sadducees about whether or not there's life after death. The Sadducees did not believe in life after death. Jesus does. And so Jesus has this discussion with them, and Jesus comes out on top. And it's pretty neat to see what Jesus has said. So now the Pharisees are another religious group who actually also believe in life after death, but they don't like Jesus any more than some of those who were arguing with Jesus. And so now the Pharisees are glad for their turn to try to take a shot at Jesus through some debate, to try to trip him up about his knowledge about the Hebrew Scriptures, right? Things that we would call the Old Testament. And so that's where we pick up the story today. So let's jump in to see what Jesus is facing in Matthew's gospel, chapter 22, beginning with verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? There's 613 commands in the Jewish law. Which one of them is the greatest? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So of 613 commands, Pharisees are interested in saying to Jesus, which one is the best? Hoping to trip him up some way, somehow. But Jesus answers them with a wise answer, right? It all kind of boils down to one thing. Love God with all that you have. All of your heart, your mind, right? Your soul, elsewhere it says strength, right? Love God with all 
that you have. Our mission as followers of God, our mission as a church is to love God. To love God, right? It, it, it sounds simple and easy, and, and it can be, and it's basic. And so Jesus boils it all down, 613 down into, into this one thing, love God with all that you have. Next week, we're going to see that he also says to love people just as you love yourselves. We're going to get to that. But today, we're going to talk about what does it mean to love God. A few things going on here in this passage of Scripture. Uh, the first is what I just said, if you can bring that up. Love God with your entire self, right? Heart, soul, spirit, body, mind, strength, right? There's no real kind of uh, hard and fast separation of these things. Love God with your heart. Love God with your mind. Love God with reason and emotions and love God with your actions. A lot of times in the Bible, love is what we do, right? And so to have a love for God is everything within us is to care for God and to work to serve God, right? Another thing that I think comes up here is that we talk about an unconditional commitment to follow God's will for our lives, Right? When we love God, we want to do what God says. We want to follow what God's plan is for our lives, unconditional, no strings attached. Right? When, when we love people, it's not because of certain things. It's just, I love you because. Right? I, just, I love you because you're you. Right? I love you because you're you. Right? To, to want to do what God wants us to do in our lives is a response from our love. Right? And then finally, I think something going on here is this, is, is that, we love God because God first loved us. Right? We love God because God first loved us. God made the first move, right? God reached out to us first. God made the first call. God created us. God loves us. God sent Jesus to die for, on a cross for us. God loves us, right? We love because God first loved us. It's amazing to think, that the creator of the universe made the first move, right? God loves us, reached out, created us, right? Sent his son to die for us, right? All love comes from God, right? Even people who don't yet know God, who don't follow God, are able to love because God is at work in their life before they know it. Even the meanest, nastiest people on all the planet Earth love something, love someone, Right? There's someone they love. Maybe it's their dog or their pet that they love, but they're, they are capable of loving even if they do terrible and horrible things. Right? That's because there's a spark of God in all of us. We all have the ability to love. We've been created to love and to be loved by God. We love God because God first loved us. So in our lives, what does it look like for you to love God? In my own life, I grew up in the church. My father is now a retired United Methodist pastor, so I was always at the church for Sunday school and youth group and potluck suppers, and I've eaten more fried chicken than you can imagine. I'd probably start clucking up here in a minute. I was always at the church, and Jesus has always been a part of my life, and I probably have always loved God. But for me, it really became real when I was 13 years old and I heard my father deliver a, a sermon that really just, it was like it was tuned into me and it, it just all the stuff that I'd heard in my life really just kind of clicked and made sense for me. And it's when I made a decision as a young man to follow Jesus. Right? And it's hard to believe now that my oldest son is that same age of 13 and he's going through our confirmation process. And I really believe at age 13, God began to sow the seeds for me to become a pastor. I didn't know that at the time, didn't figure that out, but that's when I made a conscious decision to follow God and I felt loved by God. 
When did you first realize how much God loved you? When did you give your heart to God? And if you're not, if you're here today and then and, and interested in maybe finding out what that is, stick with us and let's just see where that might lead. When did you first feel love for God? You know, when we are in love with God, when we're in love with other people, we love other people, sometimes we talk a lot about our memories in the past. Like, this is when I first found God. This is when Pastor Kyle first encountered God at age 13. This is when I met my wife, Laura, almost 20 years ago. We, we have these fond memories, and we hold on to that. But we've got to be careful that we don't get stuck in the past and not make new memories and not have current relationships. For God and for the people that we love, we have to continue to pay attention to the relationship. We have to, to invest in that relationship. It's not just something that happened to us a while ago. There should be current and, and modern stories about the love that we have. And if not, our relationships might be in trouble. Right? Our relationships might be in trouble. My wife, Laura, and I continue to go on dates together because it's important for us in our busy and hectic lives trying to raise children uh, and you know, lead a church and, and do all the things that we do. It's easy for our relationship to get put on the back burner. And if we don't make it a point right, to, to be intentional about keeping that relationship in the forefront, then it's going to fall behind. And so, so those are some of the best days of my, my week, right? When we go out and we have that day, we have to continue to nurture that loving relationship, right? It's use it or lose it. It really is, right? If, if we want to have a solid relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's our relationship with our children or our grandchildren, our friends, if we're not intentionally spending time together, then that relationship is going to suffer, right? It's not just what happened when we first met, it's, what are you doing for me lately? What am I doing for you lately? Right now is important. We have to share that love in an ongoing manner. The same thing is true of God. Those of us who follow God might be able to say, well, this is when I first found God, right? Or that God has acted in my life at, at these points. But, but where is that relationship with God right now? How are you experiencing the love of God in your life right now? Not yesterday, not the day before, right? Not years ago. Where is that relationship with God today right that love for God also needs to be nurtured just like we nurture our other relationships or that relationship with God right can can suffer we can slip away and it and not be exactly what God intends for us so we have to be intentional right even in my own life I've had you know ebbs and flows of where I felt really close to God and sometimes I I don't feel close to God and a lot of times when I don't feel close to God I look and I'm, and I realize that I hadn't been spending time praying or reading the Bible right just to be with God not to write like a sermon or something right and so those those moments it's just like you know where do you spend your time I think that shows a lot about where our hearts are and so for me, I have to make, you know, I serve God for a living, right? That's my job. But sometimes I can get so caught up in the job that I forget to love God, just me and God. And so I've got to carve out time in my life just to spend that, that time loving God as, as well. And just this morning I was praying, like, God, thank you for being in my life. And I love you. And thank you for the blessings that you have for me. And I want to serve you. And, you know, God, it is hard to, to live in this pandemic and, you know, trying to lead a family and lead a congregation. And, you know, God, I, I cannot do it without you. 
And I'm so grateful that you're in my life and I love you and I, I want to be your faithful servant. Right? We have to have ongoing time with God. So what does that look like in your life right now? How are you loving God in the current moment? Something to think about it. And not to feel guilty if you're not, right? This is a great opportunity to maybe restoke that fire and see what happens. Another interesting thing about when we love somebody, we find that sometimes we have to do things for the person that we love uh, that we don't really like to do, but we do it anyway because we love them. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, our dog, Bella, turned one this week, and uh, we're super excited about that. We had a little birthday party. We got a little doggy bone that said, happy birthday, and we made a cake that we could eat. <laughs> and so we, we had her birthday. Uh, one of the things that she decided to do for her birthday week was one day this week, she got up at 3 a.m. in the morning and started barking when everyone's sleeping, right? And so, well, great, who gets to get up with the dog? And my beautiful and lovely wife, Laura, got up with the dog, uh, not because it was the most exciting thing that she wanted to do, but she was loving of our dog, but she also was loving of me and the boys and let us sleep, right? That's just a, that's a loving thing to do, right? And so when we love people, we do things that sometimes we just don't want to do, but we do it because we love them. As we think about, you know, now what? What is God calling us to do to reach the community here in South Park for Jesus, to reach our online community for Jesus? And, you know, now what, right? What is an operative term? What do I want? What does God want? And I think as we dig into this, that some things that we want are going to be what God wants. And, and some things that God wants are going to be things that we might not want to do that might push us out of our comfort zone, but we're willing to be pushed out of our comfort zone because we love and we trust God and unconditionally want to do what God asks of us. So I'm not sure what that's going to look like, but I just would invite us to, to be ready that, you know, some things we're going to love where God's going to lead and some things are going to push us out of our comfort zone. And we know that, that that's how God operates, but God knows better than we do. And God is worthy of our trust and worthy of our love. I know some of you have asked, you know, well, why don't we have stained glass in the sanctuary or stained glass down the hallway here? It'd be so beautiful to have stained glass here. And I think it would be a beautiful thing to have, right? But the thinking behind it, we thought about that, but the, the, the kind of leadership decision, we like the clear glass because we want to see our mission field. We want to look out of our campus and see all these apartments and restaurants and know that these are the people God called us to reach. And we want to, we want to be immersed in that. We don't want to isolate ourselves or become an island again in the middle of South Park. We, we want to see what we're doing. I love walking down the hallway to this second floor sanctuary. On, the, on one side, you've got pictures of our history, of our past, of our old campus and, and the movie theater where we were when we were building the campus. And uh, and on the right side, when you're coming down, you have the, the glass windows, and all you can see out there are all these apartments right where we're placed to reach people for Jesus. I just think that's beautiful. And I know some of us would love to make stained glass windows, but I think it's great to have that clear glass where we can see the mission field that God called us to. I'm also proud of our leadership team who uh, have made a conscious decision uh, about how we're going to share this building space that we have. And so uh, when people are now starting to begin to request, you know, meeting here, to have weddings here who are not involved in our church or to come and uh, at least, you know, grab a room to have a meeting. We have a, a group of South Park neighborhood, uh, like a homeowner associations, they come and they meet here. And 
I'm so proud of our leadership team because our philosophy has, has kind of been set that we want to have a 50-50 split. We want our space being used 50% by the church and 50% by people outside the church, right? That's our goal. We want to radically share this space with our community, right? And I know some of us are like, well, wait a second. We paid for this. It's our building. We should have, you know, first priority and all that kind of stuff. And we were going to prioritize things. But I love the vision of this is a gift for the community, it's a gift for our church. It's a gift for our community. Uh, and, and that is stepping out of some of our comfort zones for the glory of God. And so I applaud our congregation, our leadership for being bold in that. And I think that's an example. Sometimes we do what God calls us to do when it might push us out of our comfort zone. So as we think about making disciples of Jesus in the South Park community and reaching our online community, as we think about loving God as being core to our mission, so what? What's the point? What's the big idea? What's going on here? This, this is what I think it is. Right? You cannot share what you do not have. We cannot reach the community for Jesus if we don't allow Jesus first to reach us in our own hearts. We cannot share the love of God if we do not have the love of God. But the inverse of this is a beautiful thing. We can share the love of God if we do have the love of God in our lives, right? We are excited to share the love of God if we are truly full of the love of God. We cannot share what we don't have, but we can share what we do have. Are we full of the love of God? So a couple of action steps I would invite you maybe to consider this week. The first is to accept God's love, if you've not yet done that. To know that God loves you and has created you in, in God's image and has great plans for your life and wants to be a part of your everyday life. Died on a cross and came back to life so that you could live life to the full. Right? Accept that love of God. And for some of us, I think it might be that we know about God, we think about God, we have head knowledge of God, but we've been resistant to give our heart to God, to say, you know what, I want to love Jesus, I want to be loved by Jesus, I, I want to move from my head to my heart and have an emotional connection to God that, that, that I, want to, I want to step out in faith where things don't make sense and, and ask God to truly be my Lord and Savior. And for some of us, we have emotional connection to God. And, and maybe a step for us would be to study more about God, to study more of the Bible and to understand deeper things that maybe we've not yet uh, been exposed to, right? So as we think about that, how can you accept the love of God? For some of us, we love God. And maybe it's just a, a, a call that we need to, again, to invest in that relationship, right? For some of us, it might be the, the first step that we say, wow. You know, I've been wondering about God, I've been resisting God, but now it's time for me to give God a chance to accept God's love. Another thing I'd like to challenge you to do is to tell a story, right? Tell someone that you love or trust, all right, or anyone, right, that, that would be interested, a recent story about God and you. Right? Again, we, we have history, right? Some of us have history about this is when I felt called to God, when I was saved, this is when I gave my life to God. Tell someone a story, right, a recent story about how God's at work in your life and celebrate that. And, and, and maybe that would be a way to inspire others to, to take a step in faith, right? So to tell someone that you love or trust, right, a recent story about you and about God. 
And if you don't have one of those stories, it's okay. Maybe this is the time to start that story. Maybe it's a time to, to take that step of faith to say, wow, there's a God who loves me, who created me. I'm gonna give this God a chance. And I just invite you maybe to, to hear these words maybe coming from God today, that God is saying to you today, I love you. I love you so much. I, I created you in my image. I, I have great plans for your life. I want you to do and experience amazing things. I want you to make a difference in this world. I, I love you so much that, that when humanity, right, was beyond the point of, of saving, I left heaven and I came to the earth and I became a human being while remaining God and I taught among you and I did miracles among you and even when I was rejected, right, I allowed myself to be killed and, and nailed to a tree, to a cross, because I love you. And I wouldn't let death hold me there. And, and I came back to life so that I could give you life to the full, so that I could take away your guilt and your shame and instead give you joy and peace and that life to the full now. And you can live that life forever in the kingdom of God. I'm with you when you hurt. I weep with you when you weep. I'm with you when you're broken. And I'm there to pick up the pieces and help you be healed. I'm with you in the morning. I'm with you in the afternoon. I'm with you in the evening. I'm with you in the ups. I'm with you in the downs. I love you. I know everything that there is to know about you, and I love you anyway. And I love you because of who you are. I love you. I send my spirit to be with you each and every moment of every day. The whole reason I created this universe was to love you. That's God's message to you. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's what it means to be South Park Church. We love God and we're loved by God. You cannot share what you do not have, but you can share what you do have. What we're about is loving God and being loved by God. So brothers and sisters, give God a chance. Let God's love flow over you. Let's pray. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you so much for loving us, that we can love you because you first loved us. God, uh, we just ask that you would be with us to be honest as we assess our relationship with you, God. Uh, if we are in love with you, God, help us to take that love to a new level. Right? Help us to spend time with you in prayer and, and reading scripture, Lord, and worshiping and serving you. And, and God, for those of us who have not yet made a commitment to you, but we're curious and, and, and we've been thinking about it, God, maybe today's the day that we say, God, I'm, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to risk this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my heart to God. I'm just going to reach out to you, Lord, and I just, I'm going to talk to you. And I'm going to pray, Lord. I'm going to worship, keep worshiping, Lord. I want to serve you. I want to study more about you, God. But I invite you, God, to come in and help me to feel your presence today. To know that I am loved. And that, God, you want me to love you in return. God, thank you for making 613 commands so very simple. That we're called to love you and to be loved by you. God, Come and live in our hearts. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.